0: Hello, welcome to Going Deeper with God. My name is Andrew Page. I'm part of the teaching team at Above Bar Church in Southampton. Uh, In Going Deeper with God, we want to study the Bible together because we want to get to know God better. And one of the ways that the Holy Spirit, one of the main ways the Holy Spirit has given us that we can get to know God better is through the Bible. So that's what we're doing. And we're in the middle of a series in the, the letter to the Philippians at the moment. So it'd be great if you could turn to today's passage. That's Philippians chapter chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11, one of the best known and best loved passages in the whole of the Bible. There are four great passages in the New Testament about uh, who Jesus is, and this is one of them. Ah. Let's uh, sing, first of all, because we're, we're focusing on Jesus. That's the title of this passage, Focus on Jesus. So let's sing about Jesus and sing about Jesus being enough for us. Let's sing, whether you sing out loud or just follow along and worship in your heart. Christ is enough.
1: in this world that ever satisfy through every trial my soul will sing no turning back I've been set free cause Christ is enough for me. 死ぬ
0: Jesus Christ is enough. Um, Actually, the the theme we've given, the title we've given to the whole of this series in the letter to Philippians is joy and the gospel, because joy and the gospel are always linked. The more gospel centred we are, the more joy we will experience. So however you're feeling, this is an opportunity to experience joy again as we focus on the gospel and focus on Jesus. Let's read our passage. That's Philippians 2 wow let's pray together lord jesus thank you that you are enough for us thank you that you've done everything for us so that we can be forgiven and become friends of god now and forever we worship you thank you that we have your word in our hands please take our lives into your hands and speak into them and we pray in jesus name Amen. Well last week we looked at uh, living for the gospel and we saw it was about sharing the Jesus message and living the Jesus lifestyle and this theme of living the Jesus lifestyle, loving one another, serving one another continues in our passage today because have a look at verse five. In your relationships with one another have the same mindset as christ jesus in other words jesus is your example oh yes he's your savior but he's also your example in how he lived you live like this too. love one another and we need before we get into the passage to look at verse six because jesus um, is fully god and that's what verse six tells us it's a very very important verse Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. There it is at the beginning of verse 6, he's in very nature God. Now the Greek, the footnote tells us this, is in the form of God, but that is a Greek expression, means having the very nature of. It's unmistakable, the beginning of verse 6, Jesus is fully God, the eternal son of god and the second half of verse six is apparently quite hard to translate it could be translated like this he did not consider equality with god to be robbery now if i said i was equal with god that would be robbery because i'm not equal with god but when jesus claims equality with god when jesus says whoever sees me sees the father When Jesus says, I and the Father are one, that's not robbery, because it's true. He is fully God. He is in very nature God, the beginning of verse 6. So let's be very clear. This is the foundation for the whole passage. This is who Jesus is. He is in very nature God, fully God, the eternal Son of God. Feel free to be worshipping as we look at the Bible together. Now, this passage is in two parts, uh, verses 6 to 8 and verses 9 to 11. Verses 6 to 8, we read about four steps down that Jesus took. And in verses 9 to 11, we read about four steps up that God the Father gave to Jesus. So in verses 6 to 8, four steps down. And in verses 9 to 11, four steps up. Let's have a look first at the four steps down. This will be familiar to lots of us, but please let's be worshipping Jesus. I'm praying that as I speak now, uh, I'll be worshipping Jesus as well. First step down. Jesus became a human being. Verse seven. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And the beginning of verse eight being found in appearance as a man. Jesus became a human being, human likeness, a man. Jesus became a human being. Now, the problem is when I say that, I don't think anybody watching this is surprised. We've all heard this before. We know it's true that Jesus became a human being. But it is an extraordinary event. It is an extraordinary thing to happen that the God who made the universe and holds the whole universe together chose to become a human being. I just need to make it clear. When Jesus became a human being, it didn't stop being God. He was still God, but he took humanity onto himself. He became a human being. And actually, it's quite logical that he should become a human being. Uh, Follow this with me. Imagine there are three insects on my hand and they're talking about whether Andrew Page exists. This is a big issue among insects. And one of the insects says, yes, I think he probably does exist. Another says, I don't think so. And a third insect says, I don't know. Now imagine, this is gonna get quite hard. Imagine that I love these insects. Imagine that I know they can only experience true insecthood in a relationship with me and imagine that I want to reveal myself to them and imagine that I can do anything. How can I reveal myself to them Well, One possibility is, hello, well, now we've got three deaf insects. Another possibility is, well, now they've experienced there is a power outside themselves, but they can't have a relationship with me. No, if I can do everything, anything, and if I want to reveal myself to these insects, then the best way for me to reveal myself to them is to become an insect, to live among them, and then they will get to the point where they realise that one of the insects is different, and then I'll be able to introduce myself. Now, that example doesn't prove anything at all, but it does show this. If God loves us and I'm sure he does and if he wanted to reveal himself to us and I'm sure he did and if he can do anything and I'm sure he can then it is absolutely logical that he should come into our world as a human being isn't it and that's what the eternal son of God did that's what Jesus did in coming into the world Jesus became a human being—it's the first step down—and please let's let's not forget what an extraordinary thing this is. Would you like to become an insect? Of course you wouldn't. It'd be a horrific thought. Well, the gap between us and God is much, much, much greater—infinitely greater—than the gap between us and insects. And yet, God the Son was willing to become a human being. It is extraordinary love. That's the first step. The first step down, Jesus became a human being. Second step down, he became a servant. I've already read it, actually. It's in verse 7. He took the very nature of a servant, the form of a servant. He really became a servant. Uh, When Jesus was born, he wasn't born in a palace. He was a servant. He served people. Read the Gospels. It stands out, doesn't it? So when Jesus reached out his hand and touched a leper, he was the servant touching the leper. Uh, When Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, he was serving them. When Jesus washed his disciples' feet, he was a servant. It's extraordinary. Jesus didn't just become a human being. He became a servant. The third step down jesus died have a look at verse 8 being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death now becoming obedient to death this is that this was the father's will that jesus should die and jesus obeyed he was obedient to death but he did it voluntarily it says he humbled himself He humbled himself. He made the decision just in verse seven. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. This is voluntary. This is Jesus deciding to lay down his life. And he died. Now, again, we're not surprised by that because we've heard it. But it is an astonishing thing. Please listen to these next two sentences. They always get me worshipping. Maybe they'll do the same for you. As eternal God, Jesus had no need to die. As a perfect human being, Jesus had no need to die. He chose to die. He chose to die. Oh, Let's worship him. It's the third step down. But there's a fourth step down. The fourth step down is he died the worst death. That's at the end of verse uh, 8. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, why is death on a cross? Why is crucifixion the worst death? I mean, physically, it must be absolutely appalling and it's drawn out. It takes time. It's awful. But there's a more important reason why crucifixion is the worst death. There are some verses in the Old Testament which are very important in this context, which I'm sure that Paul is thinking about now. And they are sentences which talk about someone who's, who's been killed uh, being hung on a tree. And these verses say, "Cursed uh, anyone who is hung on a tree is under God's curse. Listen to that. Anyone hung on a tree is under God's curse. I'm talking about Deuteronomy 21 verses 22 and 23. And actually, Deuteronomy 21 verses 22 and 23 is one reason why Saul of Tarsus was so sure that Jesus was an imposter. Of course he wasn't the Messiah because he was hung on a tree. A cross is made of wood. He was hung on a tree. And anyone hung on a tree is under God's curse because of sin. But then you know the story. Jesus met, uh, Saul met the living Jesus, the risen Jesus, just outside Damascus. And he became convinced Jesus is not an imposter, Jesus is the Messiah. But then he had to work out the meaning of Deuteronomy 21 22, and 23. And the Holy Spirit helped him to do it. When Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus was hung on a tree, he was under God's curse because of sin. But it wasn't his sin. It was our sin. And that is the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus took our punishment. Jesus took the blame for all our bad stuff, for all our sin. Oh, let's worship him. The four steps down. Do you get it? Jesus who was fully God, verse 6, he became a human being, he became a servant, he died, he died the worst death. The four steps down, extraordinary. Those are verses 6, 7 and 8 to get us worshipping. But so are verses 9, 10 and 11. Let's look now at the four steps up. These four steps up, which we're going to look at, are four steps up that God the Father gives to Jesus. Um, in, in 6, 7 and 8, it was Jesus who who himself took the steps down. But here it's God the Father giving these four steps up to Jesus. Let's look at them and let's be ready to worship. Ah, oh, First step up. Jesus is the risen Lord. Now, you may be looking at verse 9 and scratching your head and thinking there's nothing here about Jesus being the risen Lord. Um, But let me just explain. Jewish writers, and of course, Paul was a Jew. Jewish writers, if there was a process they were describing, they'd often just mention the last thing in the process. But they meant the whole process. And uh, Paul mentions here, that God exalted Jesus to the highest place. That's the end of the process. Well, before that in the process, between Jesus' death and that, Jesus was raised from the dead. He is the risen Lord. So it's quite quite okay to say the first step up for Jesus is, he's the risen Lord. Uh, The risen Lord, that means Jesus conquered death. When God the Father raised Jesus from from death, he was saying, he's done it. (laughs) He's done it. He's paid the price for sins. He's taken the blame. Now forgiveness is possible for all who turn from their sins and put their trust in Jesus. That's why God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. If Jesus had not risen from the dead, we'd have no way of knowing if the cross had worked. Jesus is the risen Lord. But secondly, he's the exalted king. Verse nine, therefore, God exalted him. And the one who's exalted is always the king. He's the exalted king. Now, Jesus is the exalted king in heaven, but uh, on the way to that, part of the process there is the ascension of Jesus. When Jesus bodily rose from the ground, and disappeared into a cloud. That's we can read about that in Acts chapter one, verses nine to eleven. The ascension of Jesus. It shows that he is the exalted king. I mean, there are some people who don't believe in the gospel and don't believe in the Bible, and they say that's not a true story. The ascension. It's a made-up story. Uh, the apostles made up the the story of the ascension because they they thought Jesus was so wonderful. So. The the Ascension is a made-up story which shows us the apostles' opinion of Jesus. No. Listen to this. This gets me worshipping as well. There's so much in this passage that gets me worshipping. The Ascension is not a made-up story which shows us the apostles' opinion of Jesus. The Ascension is a historical event which shows us God the Father's opinion of Jesus. In the ascension, when God, when God, the Father, makes Jesus the exalted king, he is saying he is, he is the great one. He is the one. He's done it on the cross. So Jesus is the exalted king. He's the risen Lord. He ex, he's the exalted king. Third step up, he's in the highest place. Verse 9 again. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. What is the highest place in the universe? Well, that really isn't a very difficult question. The highest place in the universe is God's throne. Jesus is in the highest place. Jesus shall have the highest honour. Jesus does have the highest honour. He's in the highest place. Oh, let's worship him. But there's a fourth step and the fourth step up. Is wonderful well they all are. He's the risen Lord, he's the exalted King, he's in the highest place and fourthly he has the greatest name. Have a look at verse 9 again, God gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Now does that mean the greatest name is Jesus? No, The greatest name is not Jesus. The greatest name in the universe, this is really not hard either. The greatest name in the universe is God's name. And God's name, God's personal name is Yahweh. God's name is Yahweh. That's the way he revealed himself to Moses from the burning bush. Exodus chapter 3 verse 14. And in the Old Testament, when we read the word Lord with four capital letters L-O-R-D that's Yahweh in the Hebrew. The name of God is Yahweh And God the Father gave Jesus the name that is above every name. In other words, he gave him the name Yahweh. That doesn't mean that Jesus became God at this point. Absolutely not. He's always been God. We saw that in verse 6. He is in very nature God. He always was God. He is God. He always will be God. No, it means that this name was given to him so, so that publicly it would be proclaimed That Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is God. Let me read um, verse 9 and verse 10 and 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the greatest name, is Lord, Yahweh, to the glory of God the Father. Now, when Paul writes these words here, he's thinking back to some verses in the prophecy of Isaiah in the Old Testament. I won't quote them all to you, but I'll just quote you one sentence or a couple of sentences from them because they're really important. In the uh, Isaiah passage, it's in chapter 45, God is speaking, Yahweh is speaking, the Lord is speaking, four capital letters. And he is speaking, and listen to what God says in, about himself. In the Lord are deliverance and salvation. Before me, every knee will bow. By me, every tongue will confess. And now Paul takes those words, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, applies them to Jesus and says that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is the greatest name. He is fully God, the eternal Son of God. And that has now been publicly proclaimed to the universe that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So here are the four steps up. I'm going to say them. Please, please feel free to worship as I say these four steps up. They are wonderful. Jesus is the risen Lord. He's the exalted king in the highest place with the greatest name. And this is your Jesus. If you're a truster in Jesus, if you've turned from your sins and put your trust in Jesus, this is your Jesus. Worship him. He took four steps down. He became a human being. He became a servant. He died. He died the worst death. And then God gave him four steps up. He's the risen Lord, the exalted King in the highest place with the greatest name. Oh, these are are things just to get in our minds. Maybe you want to learn off by heart, verses 6 to 11 in Philippians 2. Or maybe you just want to learn those headings. Learn what the four steps down are. Learn what the four steps up are. You could use them to help you worship. He became a human being. He became a servant. He died. He died the worst death. He's the risen Lord and the exalted king in the highest place with the greatest name. And Paul is saying, and the Holy Spirit is saying, focus on Jesus, worship him, but also imitate Jesus. Now this, I just need to finish off with this. Why did God give Jesus these four steps up? Why did God make Jesus risen Lord, exalted King in the highest place with the greatest name? Why did God the Father do that? Well, the answer is at the beginning of verse 9. Therefore, the reason God the Father gave Jesus the four steps up is that Jesus voluntarily took the four steps down. It was because Jesus humbled himself, became a human being, became a servant, died, died on the cross. Because of all of that, God the Father rewarded him with these wonderful four steps up. And what Paul is saying and what the Holy Spirit is saying, if we will humble ourselves, if we will serve others, verse 5, Have the same mindset as christ jesus if we will love others chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 living the jesus lifestyle if we will live like that commit ourselves to serve others then god will reward us god will pour his blessing into our lives do you want to experience god's blessing well then live the jesus lifestyle Take steps down, serve others, and God will reward you. So we imitate Jesus in taking steps down. And we worship Jesus because he took those steps down. And then is now risen Lord, exalted king in the highest place with the greatest name. (sighs) Let's pray together. Dear Father, we thank you so much for this astonishing Bible passage. Thank you for the way your Holy Spirit has worked in our hearts as we've looked at it together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you took those four steps down, that you became a human being and went to the cross for us. We worship you for forgiveness of sins. And we thank you that you are raised up, that you are the exalted king. Thank you that you are in the highest place and you have the greatest name. You have the name Yahweh, Lord. We worship you. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you our lives and we pray in your great name. Amen. Please don't switch off now. The song we're going to sing, whether we sing it out loud or whether we just uh, um, follow it along and worship in our hearts. The song we sing, we're singing it to Jesus. And we're calling him Yahweh, because that is the greatest name. Let's sing the song together and let's be worshipping Jesus as we do. At your name.
2: Out of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise, your. Way shake and crumble At your name The oceans roar And let's pray and praise, endless praise. Skies with endless praise, endless praise, Your way, Your way. We love to shout Your name, O oh Lord.
0: He is the risen Lord, the exalted King in the highest place, with the greatest name. And that name is Yahweh, Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.
1: Amen.